Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello. We can't be in the same room anymore. No, we don't want to be rule breakers, do we? No, absolutely not. And we, nor, nor did we want to go and do it outdoors. No. The nights are drawing in. <laughs> It'd be Have no to fun. Have to light fire. No. no. Yeah. So, um, so, so here we are. You in your spare bedroom. Me in the attic, all alone. Let me ask you a question. How good are you? at remembering to take your mask out with you? Oh, well, what I've had to do is make sure that I've got a stock of five and I put them, I put one in each of my two coats and then I put one in the buggy and I put one in my backpack and I put one in my raincoat and then I just hope that I'm not taking anything different out for the day because otherwise I keep forgetting. That's what I need to do because I I, I do keep forgetting. I, I think the key to these things is having stuff that always lives in one place, which we've done a good job of, but it's a drawer in the kitchen and that place really needs to be on a hook on the back of the front door. Mm, 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 Or do what you've done where you just stash them in so many different places it's pretty much impossible to leave the house without them. The worst thing was on the very first day that it was introduced where it was you had to wear a mask, um, I completely forgot and... I had to go into a news agent to top up um, electricity on my electricity key. And so what I did, and it's, it was really embarrassing. <laughs> I put a tissue over my Even mouth. Even more embarrassing the fact <laughs> that you're still using that electricity key. <laughs> I try to get it sorted out. It's, too, it's more hassle than it's worth. I put a hanky, like a t- not even a hanky, I put a tissue over my mouth. Right, because I, I had this problem the other day. So I went out to go to the shops, got to the high street realized i didn't have a mask with me and thought oh it's it's fine i can just buy a new mask but the trouble is how do you go into a shop to mm. buy a mask without a mask on yeah yeah it's, it's extremely extremely difficult they should have stalls out outdoor stalls selling them that's the way around it. yes yes um but i, I sort of eventually managed to speak to the guy from outside the shop and he passed one through but you know you so obviously you can buy you can spend a fortune on a mask i think designers are making masks if you want to so that's one mm. end of the spectrum and then most of us have got these washable cloth masks but then there are also these disposable ones Do you know the ones i mean yeah 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 you wear them once yeah, yeah. so 
I've quite often, like in this situation, found myself buying a disposable mask or a pack of disposable masks. Does This is what I never know the answer to. Does the blue bit go on the outside or the inside? The blue bit? What bit's the blue bit? Oh, the cut. Oh, right. They, yeah. uh, the outside, surely. Is it not? Does it not? I don't know. I don't know. The so bit with the, the layers. That yeah, goes on the outside. Yeah. But there are layers on the other side as well, aren't there? Oh, right. By yeah, the very nature, they're just folds. I'm just trying to visualise other people. and I'm pretty sure that they the, it's the blue on the outside. I can mm. never remember. I get these things. And then I'm staring at them and go, which way around is it? Is it blue on the outside or, or on the inside? Maybe it doesn't um, matter. I don't know. No. Well, uh, so, so that, was, uh, that was my little bit of mask awkwardness this week. Sort of thinking, how can I buy a mask? without wearing a mask mm. it's a good good question isn't it yeah it's tricky i'll be honest not a lot's happened to me this week uh, <laughs> so i'm probably making more of that than it warrants <laughs> which i think will set the tone for the rest of the podcast <laughs> um i went went for a beard trim the other day mm-hmm. okay which you, you're now allowed to do um it is odd when the barber's wearing like a welder welder's mask thing. Oh yeah, they're strange those masks, aren't those welder's things? Do you think they, yeah, they d- must feel quite nice, quite exciting, like a, like a welder? Yeah, I mean, I, I was a big fan of flash dance. Mm-hmm. So for that reason alone, it's, it's quite exciting to see somebody wearing one. But um, anyway, it's in there. You know, barbers sometimes have photographs, posters up of different haircuts. Yes. Showing photographs of every head he's had the pleasure to have known and all that. Um, this this particular barber I went to the other day I'd never been to before, and he had got five posters up. So presumably these are the five most popular haircuts of the five that he's the most adept at. Do you want to know what they were? Go on. They were the four individual members of the band Blue, <laughs> right? And Gareth Gates. And Gareth Gates was it? Was it when he had the kind of like the little sort of twists on top? Yes, yeah. Rit, that was one of his cuts. Yeah, well, well presumably. Um, and then you know you could choose either the Gareth Gates, Gareth Gates, or which member of Blue you look like. And I think, roughly speaking, that dates all these haircuts to the turn of the millennium. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Give or give or take. A few years here and there. Um, and I wondered if that was this barber's speciality, turn of the millennium that, haircuts. That era. I only do this era. It's like someone who just does kind of like yeah. um, like 50s like quiffs and yeah. things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or if it, if it was customer-led, if those are the five most popular haircuts and he thought, well, I'd better get five posters to illustrate them. But it just so happened it was the four members of Blue and Gareth Gates. Maybe. It's, it's possible, yeah. yeah. Again, I will, uh, you know, say again, not much has happened to me this week. <laughs> I'm stretching for things to talk about. Um, it, was, it was something weird that happened. We went to the park for a walk, Sarah and I. And walking down this path. And we can see that we are heading towards a bench. And I think we're both of a mind that we quite like a sit down. But we instantly see that we're not able to sit on this bench. Because it's covered in flowers and and cards right so somebody has died yeah and presumably they either died on the bench or this was their favorite bench so their loved ones have decorated it right 
in memory of this person. Yeah, yeah. Which is which is sweet. Yeah. As we're approaching, we can see that it's not just sort of flowers, cards, a photograph. There's also a large bag of what looks at first glance like it could be a, a big sack of dog food or perhaps um, fertiliser. You're getting the sort of bag I'm talking about, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But then as we get close to it, it's um, protein powder. Right. So we're looking at this and thinking, wow, you know, this, this person, this recently bereaved person must have really, really loved protein powder. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, which instantly you then start building a picture in your mind of what sort of person they were. Maybe they were real fitness fanatic and did a lot of exercise and then needed extra protein. And this this was the thing that was known amongst all their friends and they you know they, they thought it would be a nice thing to remember them in this way and we're, we're just sort of thinking about this and I, I, we hadn't said it to each other at this point but it, it later transpired that was what we were both thinking as we're thinking this somebody jogs up to the bench somebody quite athletic muscular sporty picks up the protein powder and then jogs off again oh no they and, just left it there yeah they just left it there. <laughs> no <laughs> why would you uh, so leave it I, there i don't know i mean firstly i think you know if a bench is covered in that stuff you it, you 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 can't use it for any other purpose it, it's just a shrine but right? he also knew that no one was going to steal it because they they would think it was part of the shrine <laughs> so actually it was quite clever but i also love that how, you know then, then when sarah and i talked about it we both had this thought oh, they must have really loved protein powder. <laughs> yeah, Not yeah. for a second did it occur to us that somebody had just left some protein powder on the bench. Well, why would it? Who leaves protein powder around like yeah. that? Yeah, you make a good point. All right, Annabelle, let's hear from some of these drifters. Uh, stories of social incompetence. What have we got? Okay, so first one's from Russ in Stourbridge. On the subject of things from the past that pop into your head every so often, just to renew that skin-crawling feeling of cringeworthy embarrassment, it happened about this time last year. My wife and I were shopping in Tesco's and I'd briefly left the trolley in her charge whilst I went to find something in a nearby aisle. When I returned, I found her looking at the Pax Surface Wipes. Now, I, being frugal, will check the price tags to see which pack is the best value for money. 2p per wipe, 5p per wipe, etc. I was fully engaged in checking these prices when my wife reaches over to grab an expensive brand leader. Without looking, I put my finger up to her lips and told her to slow her roll. I looked up into the startled face of a lady that looked strikingly similarly like my wife, but who was, crucially, not my wife. My wife was actually standing <laughs> a few feet away with a bemused look on her face, watching this terrible and soul-crushing interaction with a total stranger. A mumbled <laughs> apology and a pathetic attempt at explaining myself later, I awkwardly extracted myself from the scene. My wife frequently and joyfully reminds me of the time I hushed the lips of a stranger. So to that lady, again, I apologise. And I hope she doesn't feel the trauma like I do to this day. 
Oh, that's fantastic. Yes, yes. Um, oh, this is from Brit, and she's referring to... Did you see that story this week about the Spanish woman who pretended to be blind for years so she wouldn't have to interact with people? Yes, a, f- a few people emailed that to me. I'm still off social media. I'm off Facebook and Twitter. Um, I'm still hanging on in there with Inst- Instagram. But um, okay. yeah, a couple of people texted me or emailed me about that. Yeah. So she, and she saw this and it reminded her of something that she said as a child that I still cringed about for years and remember to this day. When I was six years old, I began piano lessons. My teacher, Mr. Rogers, was blind and he used Braille for himself to read the music. At the end of one of my lessons, I mentioned that a girl in my class at the local school was also having piano lessons, but I didn't know who her teacher was. He asked her name and I said, Jennifer, but I don't know her other name, but she is always wearing a red jumper. He laughed and reminded me that he wouldn't know about the jumper. Even at six years old, I wanted the floor to swallow me up. I remember biting my finger with shame and embarrassment. I was very, very careful to never mention colours again. And then she goes on to say, remember when you were talking about the fear of vomiting, which I think she says is a metaphobia, or you said. Yes, Sarah Sarah has it, yeah. Yeah, on the subject of this, she says, I went along to my local leisure centre today as my son took my four-year-old granddaughter swimming. I was viewing and my son was with her in the pool. All was going well until suddenly loud sirens went off and everyone was leaping out of the pool. I thought someone must have got into difficulty. It seemed something quite dramatic had taken place. It came to light that a three-year-old boy had just been sick in the water. And so this was the procedure. Can you imagine for anyone like Sarah or myself who has a vomit phobia? Oh, God, yeah. In the awful event of that happening anyway, to suddenly hear sirens going off and everyone leaping about everywhere is enough to give anyone a metaphobia. (laughs) I didn't know this before, but the manageress stood nearby me, said they throw something into the water which crystallises it and then they go along with the fishing nets to get it all out. Wow. Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? I want to get hold of some of this stuff that crystallizes it. <laughs> Not sure what I'd use it for, but <clears throat> and this last party story is... trick. Yeah, pa- yeah, party trick. Yes, exactly. All these parties I'm going to. <laughs> um and this last one's from Jake. And if you do have a metaphobia, this is not for you. Also, if you don't like anything in the toilet area of things, this is also not for you. In September 2007, my local under-12s football club had arranged a coach trip to watch England play Israel at Wembley. My dad was friends with the dad of one of the boys and had managed to get two spare tickets. I didn't play for this team and only knew one of the boys that did. I was 11 at the time and quite an introvert. My dad was working on the day, so my mum came along with me. We had a packed lunch as we never had much money and the prices at the stadium were extortionate. This would tragically be the cause of my horrible accident. It was a roasting hot day in September and a combination of sitting out in the sun for 90 minutes with no shade and consuming an entire multi-pack of cheese strings and three cartons of orange juice, not sure what mother was thinking, had made my tummy feel a bit funny. Consequently, on the return journey, I proceeded to projectile vomit all over the coach and, to my horror, soil my underpants. I must stress, this was not a case of a slight follow-through. I did a complete poo in my pants. I then had to sit in said poo-filled pants for the long journey. I'm just laughing at... I mean, I'm such a child. I'm just laughing (laughs) at the use of the word soiled my underpants, the phrase soiled my underpants. (laughs) I then had to sit in my poo-filled pants for the long journey home. It was was so bad that my mum had to tuck my socks into my jeans. (laughs) Oh... Although everyone on the coach was aware I had vomited, my mother and I decided to keep the fact that I had pooed myself a secret. 
In turn, this caused the boy sitting behind me to continuously ask his dad if he farted. It stinks. Safe to say, <laughs> this was a good day, had by all, but me and my mum. Oh, please, uh, send us your stories. Uh, it's, it's hello at adriftpodcast.com. <laughs> Annabelle, I'm ready for another way in which you are not a fully functioning adult. Okay, so I was in Clevedon one day last week. Have you been to Clevedon before? Um, the country house? No, no, it's a, it's in the West Country. It's a seaside town. No, sorry, I, I, I thought you were saying Clevedon wrong. Um, <laughs> no, I've, I've never been to Clevedon, no. It wouldn't be the first time I said something wrong. Um, in fact, I'm already nervous because I've got to say the word plaque quite a lot in this right that's right isn't it plaque not well you usually say plaque exactly yes anyway um so Clevedon very nice seaside town there's a pier it's no south end pier which they put a train on because it's so long to make it easier to get down do you think it was at that (laughs) point they thought maybe we made it too long the fact it needs public transport to get down it (laughs) I think Clevedon pier burns down a lot less as well I've written to Southend Council several times with detailed sketches of how the pier legs could retract, sort of concertina down. So when it catches fire, you press a button and the pier just lowers into the sea (laughs) and the fire is immediately extinguished. Still not done it. Weird. Anyway, Clevedon Pit is a lot shorter and on the sides all the way down are little plaques with inscriptions like, for Sid, he loved a nice sit down, you know, lots of memorial ones. I also saw a proposal yes. that was something like, Katie de Briggs, will you marry me? Love, Stu. And I thought that was great until I saw an older proposal that had clearly inspired Stu. I thought, oh, not so original now, are you, Stu? <laughs> oh, I also saw one that said, Matt, I want to snog your face off. Love, Tanya. Which looks really quite strange on a brass plaque next to, for Barbara, who grew the very best roses and loved a cup of tea. <laughs> <laughs> I could have spent honestly I could have spent all day reading these they were so nice but I was with my three-year-old son who was trying to get and I was trying to get him to keep to the one-way system so it was not easy but it's a really lovely pier Victorian lots of original features and at the end like while in the past South End Pier has had a pub chip shop a shell shop and a bowling alley this one has a pagoda and at the top of the pagoda is a little cafe and you get to it by stairs And around the cafe is a viewing platform. And I can see, though, that because of COVID, the platform has been cordoned off because it's too narrow for social distancing. Now, as soon as my son sees the stairs, he wants to go up them. Like Stairs are exciting to him because we don't have stairs at home. And when we go to homes with them, he wants to go up them. I suppose it'd be a bit like if I went to a home with escalators or a lift. Like I'd I'd probably want to go just for the novelty (laughs) of it. And there are some people around the stairs, but they're not making any moves to go up them. And somebody has just come down. So I go up with my son, confident in the knowledge that we're not pushing in or anything. This is the timetable of what happens at the pagoda. So my son takes ages going up the stairs. He's really slow because he's not great with stairs, but also because he's examined every rivet, every step, every speck of dust. At the top, he has a look at the cafe and then he has a brief tantrum as I won't buy him an ice cream. Not because I'm evil, but because he had one about half an hour ago. Then he's trying to climb under the cordon to get to the viewing platform. And I'm trying to stay calm and patient and not look like a bad parent because there's still quite a few people down below, if not more. Eventually, I manhandle him away and pretend I've seen some fish in the water. And then it's this very long journey back down the steps. When I get to the bottom... I see a sign I hadn't noticed before, which says Q 
queue this way and then there's an arrow. But I'm not worried as I'm sure I've not jumped a queue as nobody seemed to be wanting to go up ahead of us. There are quite a lot of people there now though, probably about 12. And come to think of it, it does look a lot like a queue. So I glance at the wall where the arrow pointed around the corner and I see a terrible, terrible thing. I see an electronic screen, a dot matrix screen, and on it is a big red cross, which, while I'm looking at it, turns to a big green tick. And as it does, the people on the front go up the stairs. And there is clearly some COVID safe one in one out system that I have trampled over and then spent forever (laughs) up there while buying nothing. Like I must have gone up just before the green tick completely pushed in. And I honestly think it was only my son who stopped me from running to the edge and throwing myself off into the freezing waters. But instead, I employed the port protocol. I was too mortified to even make eye contact. But what I'm going to do is buy a brass plaque with inscribed so, so, sorry, sorry, sorry. Didn't see the dot matrix board. Hate myself. Sorry. So we've got a week to go till the Adrift live show. Yes. Do you want me to tell you my two concerns at the moment? Yeah, I think you should. Um, This is setting aside the obvious concern of what will we do? Which we'll address nearer the time. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So concern number one is because of the new COVID restrictions, you and I can't be in the same space together. No. Do you think that that is a problem or isn't a problem? I don't know because I don't know what platform we're going to be doing it on. And I also slightly concerned that neither of us have the greatest, for whatever reason, Wi-Fi. Yes. Yeah. So so this is my my first concern. So... um, I've been um, in communication with our friend Emma Corsham, who produces uh, Reasons to be Cheerful. Yeah. And she does, I mean, she she is like a very much sought after podcast producer and does all kinds of stuff. And she let me know that the um, the thing to do is some kind of unlisted YouTube live stream using zoom this is this is her yeah. I- idea okay. but we're using zoom tonight uh yeah. to record the podcast and neither of us have got the video switched on to try and make it better mm. and i'm st- still struggling to hear you and you keep turning into a robot and um and then i keep losing you and then you come back in like you're on fast forward search mm. so i'm s- slightly worried about the technology because mm. it's if, if we were both here We'd mm. just be dealing with my bad Wi-Fi. With you being there and me being here, we're dealing with your bad Wi-Fi and and mine. But yeah. maybe we'll get around that. I just wanted to flag it. Do you think there's any kind of special exemptions for live shows? Like it's work, isn't it? Yes, that is a good point. Maybe so I could Sarah come is, Sarah's still going out every night or, you know, four or five nights a week and doing live comedy. Right. Well, well then... So she's able to go and do live comedy. As long as we're not t- close to each other, then probably you can still come and do this. I don't see why not. It's work, isn't it? Yeah, because it just so happens that I live above the shop or live below the shop yes, in this Yes, yeah. Case, I know I'm going okay. to your house, but your house is your workplace. Yes, okay. I think okay, there could that... be an exemption for uh, this particular occasion. Do we need to write to Sadiq Khan or will we just assume there's an exemption? I think, um, dear, assuming, I think, I think let's, let's take the risk. I think it's okay. I'll just double check, but I think it's okay. Okay. There's the, um, 
there's the, the, there's there's the first thing. All right. If it, if anybody's listening to this and they think we've really misinterpreted the rules there, yeah, then yeah. Uh, then then let us know in advance. But okay, you can come here. Okay, That's, cool. Okay, so we've. Secondly, it occurred to me that we mm. proposed doing it on the same night as Bake Off. <laughs> right okay and everyone watches bake off yeah well do you not think there is probably quite a high crossover between people who mm. like adrift and people who would watch the bake off yeah but they they can record it and watch it on another night watch it on catch up all right okay then i'm not well, gonna then, over worry about that yeah i, really, yeah, I think i think yeah, it's think one of the few shows that people do like to watch as it's happening so that they don't mm. find out who was voted off by accident from social media That's or the true. newspaper or something. But you think the bake-off issue isn't isn't an issue. Let's not worry too much about that unless, and once again, correct us if we're wrong on that one. Okay, so that's what we're asking drifters for at this point. Do you think either it would be a terrible contravention of the rules for Annabelle to come here, given that you are allowed to go to a workplace and this is a workplace and the live show would be a work thing for our Patreon supporters? So that that's, that's the, the first question. Yeah. Or does the fact that I also live here, does that, that, that trump? Um, mm. Is the fact that it's my house, does that then invalidate the workplace thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's what we need that's, to know. That's number one. Yeah. And then number two is, is it a problem then that we're on at the same time, we'll be on at the same time as the Bake Off? And if, if it is, then we could always do it on a Wednesday or something, right? Yeah. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll wait to hear back on okay. that okay. Uh, and if you do have a strong feeling on either of those two things please email us hello at adriftpodcast.com since 2013 Bombus has donated over 100 million socks underwear and t-shirts to those facing homelessness if we counted those on air this ad would last over 1,157 days but if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Once again, so little has happened to me this last week that I find myself in the position that all I've really got to talk about is what what I've watched on uh, what I've watched on TV. But that's always good to hear. So tell us. Mm. Um, I tell you what, we rewatched last night was the Social Network. Oh, I've not seen that since it was first out. Yeah, I don't think I think I maybe saw it once after I saw it at the cinema, but it's, it's not. I know you're. I'm a big rewatcher of stuff, and I know you're not a big rewatcher no. at all, really. No. Um, but our rationale for choosing it was we we narrowed it down to two. We wanted something that felt easy and cozy, and mm. we'd narrowed it down to La La Land. Oh yeah, and and the Social Network. And do you want to know why we chose the Social Network? Go on. Because it's set in Harvard, you know, in, in the Boston area, and it felt more autumnal. <laughs> so more appropriate. Yeah, yeah. On a sort of October night, you want something that feels autumnal rather than something that feels sunny, I think. You want to see people in roll neck jumpers. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, and I, I enjoyed it. Uh, um, yeah, I, 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 I th- thought it was good. I, I was certainly glad to watch it again. Um one weird thing towards the end 
is, you know, at the end of a film, which is based on real events, it comes up with where they are now or what's happening now and that kind of stuff. Mm. With the social network, it was something like Facebook is now valued at 25 billion. Mark Zuckerberg is now the world's youngest billionaire. And I just thought it's so funny thinking about that. When that film came out, it came out because Facebook at that point was ubiquitous and it was this huge thing. Mm-mm. And the point it was making was like, look how big it is now at the end of the film. It's worth 25 billion and now he's a billionaire. And now we're at a point where it's worth closer to a trillion. Mm. And he is like this multi, multi, multi billionaire. And I thought that was sort of funny. Um, that what seemed like an obscene valuation mm-hmm. and an obscene level of wealth for him at the point that that film came out feels modest compared to where it is now yeah yeah i also uh i also wondered if do do you how much do you remember about it um it was a long time ago probably not very much yeah so you mean you probably remember that he's been sued by these twins who are both played by the same guy who say that it was their idea but also running concurrently with that there's a lawsuit from his best friend who he 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 grew it with who was then forced out as as it started to gain momentum and, and get investment. A guy called Eduardo, who was played by Andrew Garfield in the film. Does that ring a bell? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, and, and he just seemed like, you know, he Mark Zuckerberg seems cold and weird in all the ways that you stereotypically think of him as being. But the other guy, he's the heart of the film. He's the good guy who was screwed over and forced, forced out. Mm. Um, and I wondered, so that guy... They ended up settling with him, and that guy has got now got an estimated worth of like fourteen billion pounds or dollars or whatever. And I wondered if that guy ever bunged Andrew Garfield any money for portraying him so sympathetically. <laughs> Make me nicer. <laughs> yeah, because he must be the guy who, whenever anybody meets him, and if if they know the name or if he starts to talk his, about his life, they they would say, "Oh, you were the nice one in the social <laughs> network." Yeah, yeah. Maybe they gave some money um, to the writers as well. Yeah, to Aaron Sorkin. Um, so that we w- re-watched that. I also watched a fantastic documentary. You've heard me talk about a Swedish filmmaker called Roy Andersson, who is one of my favourites. He, he, he does these films which are unlike anything else. Uh, they, they don't have a narrative structure across the film. They are like a series of sketches over the course of an hour and a half, but more like vignettes about life and it, they're all done on a locked off camera so it's a single shot and the 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 world he creates is simultaneously sort of hyper real but weirdly colored at, at the same time you know in a way quite drab but some of the colors quite vivid and there's a real dark humor to what he does and it's it's real stuff of life, and I love him. He's one of my favourite filmmakers. Like I said, this film, You, The Living, is one of my favourites. And then he, he got a lot of success with his last film, which is called A Pigeon on a Branch, oh, yeah. reflecting on exit. You remember me talking about yeah, that. Yeah. So, so I've been waiting forever for his new film to come out, which is called About Endlessness. And it's been delayed and delayed and delayed because of COVID. I think it's finally coming out in November. But in the meantime, a documentary 
has been made and released about this filmmaker, um, which is called Being a Human Person. And it's in the cinemas now. And I know not many people are going to cinemas, but also you can watch it on something called Curzon Home Cinema, which is a chain of art house cinemas here in the UK. And, and you can watch some of their stuff online. And I rented it on Saturday night and loved it so much that I then watched it the following night again with oh, Sarah. Really? Yeah. Like this, this guy has just done it his own way. And it, it's just really remarkable, remarkable how meticulous he, he bought this rundown townhouse in Stockholm in 1981 for what I'm guessing would have been a small amount of money. And because of that, he was able to build a studio in there and he's been able to do all these films his own way. And, and if you know the films, you know, I'm not sure that a lot of people will know. There's the sort of films that. People who know them love them, but they're not things that have mass audiences. But if you know them and love them, the idea that these things are done in a studio is mind-blowing. But he creates hyper-real-looking sets and uses tricks of photography and tricks of cinema and the stuff about how he does that which is just fascinating and the teams he's worked with forever and the level of artistry and craftsmanship that goes into these films but you also get to know about him as a person and about how his just where he's at in his life and how that is has affected this current film and it's so brilliant and I, I really want people to watch it and like Sarah doesn't really know his films I think of tried to get her to sit through a couple and she's fallen asleep but she really loved this documentary it's ever so good so so there's that and then the other thing we watched was this new david attenborough documentary that he's done on netflix which is it called life on our planet or just our planet and it's him reflecting on his career and about how much the earth has changed and about the threat of climate change and global heating and the, the what's been done to biodiversity on the planet and it's really moving seeing him as a young man and it's great seeing all this footage he's shot over the years it's also terrifying the pace at which um yeah this this, this has happened this climate emergency we find ourselves in has happened and it's got an optimistic ending where he he sets out the case for what can be done which can feel overwhelming but his argument is basically if we give the world more of the world back to nature then that that in itself will fix a lot of this and we'll benefit from it as well which is a great argument to make but it just made me think about how really i think a lot of people's attitude towards climate change is they now think it's real and think it's worrying but they don't really want to go to the effort of giving it back to nature they just <laughs> think oh somebody's i just i've just got this feeling that if we wait somebody will there'll be enough panic that somebody will have an idea how we can carry on destroying nature but just having it our way anyway do you not feel that that's how a lot of people think about climate change somebody will just come up with an idea so we can carry on doing exactly what we have been doing yeah 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 and it or it's, um, it's it's not really me it's these big factories like I'm, that's that's nothing to do with me yeah and and this you know the, the amount of agency you have compared to a factory is the, there's definitely something in that and there needs to be all this change at government level and the personal change can seem negligible as as a result of that but i think it's not that most people think oh can't we go back to having this beautiful planet where more than half of it is wilderness it's people think like what is what is the least we can what is the least we can do Mm-mm. to carry on living like we are doing but without all frying in two generations time? <laughs> yeah 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 
Um, although I'll be honest, like when he talks about the sea levels rising, I do sometimes think that's not a bad thing. Like I've been to the British seaside. Sometimes you have to walk a long way out to get to the actual sea when the tide is out. <laughs> when the tide is do, out. I could you know do it comes it in a, again though. <laughs> I know, but I could just do with it not going quite so far out if the sea levels were rising. <laughs> It'd help with that problem. Quandary Corner here in Problematic. Annabelle, you got the we're first bit, one We're a bit us. low on these, so um, if you do have one, please do email it in to us. Mm. Um, Jack says, I regularly walk my dog, a beautiful staffy named Bo, in some woods near my house. These woods are quite large, and I'm often in areas with nobody around at all. My question is this. When I'm in these areas with nobody else around and a lone woman appears... Am I supposed to completely ignore her as my attention will make her uneasy or say hello to be friendly, even though this might make her nervous? I'd never know what to do as I'd hate to think that I make any lone woman uncomfortable. Please help. It's a difficult one. I mean, I I would suggest a sort of half smile, but I've been told by numerous people including you and my wife that my (laughs) smile is kind of creepy. So what I think is is conveying warmth and friendliness mm. can often come over as creepy and i don't know your face i mean i don't, I don't know that this is this, the same for you but i would you you, you basically you need an interaction that shows you are an unthreatening figure yes i mean could you say from a distance say I'm so sorry, you wouldn't know what time it is, would you? My phone is flat. No, And then no. she tells you the time. No. And then that's it. You never have to interact again, but she knows that you're, you know, you're not one of the bad ones. No, that doesn't work for me because, as I've said before, if someone asks me the time, I always think they're trying to steal my phone. Of course, yeah, okay. okay. I, I, uh, I think that you have to go one way or the other. There can't be any kind of middle ground. You either have to completely ignore them or just be really like like com- really confidently hello hi like that or another option you could pretend to be on the phone in a very non-threatening like just to your mum way or something oh, like talk, more talking yeah, about yeah, something yeah. something very sort of comforting nice talking about cakes or animals or knitting, knitting yeah. these kind of things yeah. pretend you're talking to your grandma yes hello yes, nana how a, are you that's a great idea and then how can you feel threatened by that? And, you, and yeah, then you don't I have mean, to have that, any interaction and it's un- you're totally yeah, unthreatening. Yeah, that's perfect, Annabelle. It's perfect. Okay, I had, wow. I had one more suggestion, but I don't oh. think it's as good as yours, so I wonder if we should just leave it. I'm interested, though. It might, it might well, help other people who don't want to do the phone and okay, nan thing. It's, it's a choice of two things. You either say, mm. hot enough for you, or cold <laughs> enough for you. <laughs> no, okay, forget the nan thing, it's that one. <laughs> Okay, and this one's from Emily. She says, my boyfriend and I have recently become what I describe as mostly vegan. We won't buy or eat eggs, dairy, meat or fish. But every now and then, if someone offers me a piece of cake, I'll have it because I really, really like cake. And I figure I didn't buy it or make it. So I played no part in its existence. So I might as well eat it. My boyfriend is the same, although a bit less interested in cake than me. We recently had dinner at my friend Claire's house. I'd let her know I was vegan with some reluctance as they are carnivals. So I knew she'd stress out about knowing what to cook. As it was, she made an amazing meal, which she'd clearly put a lot of thought into. 
When it came to dessert, my boyfriend and I were given some fruit, whereas Claire and her husband had a lemon tart. On seeing this, my boyfriend said, oh, actually, I'll just have some of that too, please. Which horrified me because they'd gone to so much trouble to meet our dietary requirements with the main course. They gave it to him and he ate it while I sat with my pineapple and melon feeling very jealous. But I felt I couldn't eat the tart and he shouldn't have. Who was in the right? Oh, you're, you're absolutely in the right. So he said so that the boyfriend should, should never, ever have tried the lemon tart, even though he really wanted it. Yeah, I mean, you, you, I, I think you are, because I'm vegetarian, which is, it, in a way, it's, I mean, in a lot of ways, it's easier. But specifically, it's not like people serve a meaty dessert and I think, oh, I'll have a bit of that, though. That, that's fine. Mm. Um, it, but but <laughs> you, you, are, you are sort of like a, a mostly vegan person. Yeah, I'm so the same, to really. Me about, talk to me about how, what, what you think of this. Well, in my opinion, is... You can't have the dessert. And you can go home and eat that dessert in private. Yeah. But because yeah. because your friend has gone to so much trouble to to make a meal that suits you, you can't then suddenly yes. say, oh, actually, I will have a bit of egg and dairy. Because otherwise, they'd be like, why didn't no. you could have a bit of egg and dairy for your main thing, can't you? And I wouldn't have had to go to so much trouble because yeah. I don't know how to cook this particular type yeah. of food. So I think Emily's boyfriend is completely in the wrong yeah, I think so too. But I maybe Claire you, should have given them something better than fruit. I don't know. <laughs> I always feel cheated as a veggie if uh, the if if I get a less good dessert on an aeroplane. Oh than other people. yes, there's an assumption that because you're vegetarian or vegan, that means you're healthy. No, yes, I'm not healthy. I still yeah. want to eat nice things. Yep, just without um, dairy in them. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I just I don't see. I'm I'm not saying having your own rules about what you do and don't. Everybody's got to do what they can. I'm probably like 60% vegan and, I, you know, I've got my own ways of justifying. Somebody said to me the other day, this made me laugh, I, I was moaning about the fact that I've been vegetarian for all these years and now the vegans have got the moral high ground. <laughs> and 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 he said, like, the vegetarians are like the, the Lib Dems. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> That was funny these days. That was just uh, shrunk in relevance. And Mm. we were so used to occupying the moral high ground for all this time. Um, Like, by all means, have your own rules and do what you can. And, Mm. Mm. you know, but you've just got to be clear with other people. You can't expect other people to to understand that those kind of nebulous ideas about what you will and won't eat yeah yeah so we're all on emily's side then okay good yeah and we do you say we do need some more quandaries yes please yeah more of these please it's looking a bit low at the moment so we do need some more And that was this week's podcast. Thank you for listening. Uh, I think it was slightly ropey this week. Um, I think the combination of the Zoom technology not working that well with our Wi-Fi connections, not being in the same room, me being in a grumpy mood. None of this, I think, has made for a vintage episode. So apologies for that. But thank you for your ears. Thanks also to Man and the Echo for the, uh, the backing music and to Emily Harrison for the incidental music. 
um, Carla Gowlett took the photos, Kim Rainey designed the artwork, and I'll finish this week by saying, shh, slow your roll. Podication time. This comes from Imperial Mistress Rebecca, who says, Greetings, Annabelle and Jeff. Greetings. Greetings. I am writing in to ask for a podication. Just over a year ago, a wee munchkin named Fifi bounced into our life. She was a malnourished pregnant stray cat that we saw at our local cat's protection shelter. She has settled in so well with us and she really cheers us up with her shenanigans. I would like to podicate this to Fifi for being so funny and loving. All the best wishes, Imperial Mistress Rebecca. Let me tell you something. I feel that I, one of my superpowers, maybe my only superpower, is coaxing a dog. Like, I think generally a dog will come to me. Okay, yeah, good. That's nice. That's a good one. Well, uh, I, I was hoping you'd say, yes, I've noticed that about you. Dogs oh, sorry. To, to love you. <laughs> um, no, dogs. Well, I know that my dog loves you, but I haven't. I, I don't think, think I've seen you with enough dogs to make this kind of judgment. You've seen me with a lot of dogs over the years. This is a, mm. this is a weird thing. I right. Think. Anyway. Sorry. 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 I'm going to let you down here. I've got quite poor self-esteem anyway. I've <laughs> not been doing great at the moment. And, and one of the things I cling on to is, well, dogs seem to really like me and... You've made me feel like I'm delusional now. You're very good with babies as well. I'm fine with babies. But, but you think I, I you're think better I'm with really, dogs. Okay. I think I'm really coming to my own with dogs. Anyway, the, the point being, if I'm near a dog, I think I, I very easily win over the dog's trust and it will come to me and, you know, uh, and, and I'll end up sort of bonding with the dog. I have no such ability with a cat. Often a cat will come into our back garden or front garden and i'll try and coax it in and they always run a mile from me nobody has an affinity with a cat if they say they have the lying nobody has and unless you're the owner but do you not think do you not think some people can do like a and, and a cat will come to them yeah i've I, seen I can that. just always get a dog to come to me but i can i can seldom you know i think but maybe that's the thing with a cat isn't it everything has to be on its own terms mm-hmm I don't know. Maybe there's a course you can go on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's that's not a bad idea. I've been writing down courses I could go on, so I'll, I'll add that to the list. Okay. Um, anyway, if you want me to practice on Fifi, Rebecca, mm, yeah. I'd be only, 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 uh, only too pleased to do so. Anyway, there we go. Uh, the latest edition of the podcast, Podicated to Fifi and... If you'd like a podication, email us hello at adriftpodcast.com. Great. Stop. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.